Welcome to Look at My Records. Right before the holidays, I had the chance to speak with Dan Cervantes of Mrs. Henry. And it's been a busy last year for the San Diego-based band. They released a live album of their performance of the band's last waltz, which they fully recorded in San Diego in November of 2017. They also filmed an entire documentary film of the process leading up to the performance in November of 2017 and filmed the entire performance as well. The live album dropped in August of last year and the band also just released another live record called Live at the Cash Bar, which, as you could guess, was recorded at the Cash Bar in San Diego for the venue's 30th anniversary. So it was a very special, rousing live performance by Mrs. Henry, and it's available now via Blind Owl. Before I get you into the interview, Dan just dropped a solo single yesterday, and I wanted to share it. wanted to kick off the show with it because it's a really great song. It's called Keep On Walking, and Dan performs under the moniker Dude Cervantes. This will be on a forthcoming solo release of his. Can't wait to hear the rest of it. So enjoy, keep on walking, and when we're back, you'll hear me dive right into this interview with Dan Cervantes. You'll hear all about the Last Waltz documentary, and live performance. The distance between two points is a line To cross it all create What's the difference between a coincidence and a sign? If it's not the destination, it's the ride. You make a bridge to close the gap. No understanding's not a trap. And if there's something there that's there, You gotta listen to your gut when it talks to you Because the heart, it always knows just what to do When it's evident, it's clear If it's uncertain, it will appear Nobody ever said it's gonna be easy, so beware And take the path Say the least that needs forgiveness Know that sleeping dogs may be dreaming There's nothing wrong with that So leave some stones unturned So some of us can learn And let the questions that go unanswered Just be reasons to look back Cause if your compass points you know 
sometimes harder to tell than others Some strangers you meet again and some are brothers You give a chance to make amends And ask the same of a friend Just because it happened once doesn't mean So be kind to your thoughts and be kind to you Just because you think it's real doesn't mean it's true The broken may need repair The working may not be fair Nobody ever said it's gonna be easy So take care And take the path the least resistance Say the least that needs forgiveness No, a memory is a memory Nothing more than that So be wise with words that are spoken Cause scars cannot be forgotten Cause if it means that much Then the slightest touch can be a to but if your compass points you north And the river's running south It's best to keep on walking and to turn around It's best to keep on walking and swim and drown All right, how are you, man? Um, I'm doing good, man. I've uh, caught a cold, uh, naturally, being on tour in uh, in uh, the beginnings of winter. Um, but you know, aside from that, man, I can't uh, no complaints on my end. I yep. watched the documentary on the Last Waltz now twice. It's really well done. It's great. It documents Mrs. Henry's performance and the preparation leading up to the last waltz your version of the last waltz in november of 2017 so basically my first question for this interview why and how did you decide to do a last waltz tribute show um well we were asked um the band was asked uh, actually at the Belly Up um, in Solana Beach. We were asked to perform the concert, and um, it was right before we were about to go on stage, and the Belly Up is where we played the concert and put on this show. And, um, you know, uh, the talent buyer there, I guess they had wanted to do, the, the venue had wanted to do a, a night, a tribute of, quote-unquote, tribute night to this, or performance, and, you know, he asked kind of, he just happened to ask the right guys willing to do it and not I don't he didn't even really under he didn't know how much he was asking the right guys we like to think because and was really prepared for what we were willing to do to make this night 
um, the event that it was um, and that we were very excited it, it, it ended up being. Uh, you know, we knew when we were asked to do it, we kind of saw it as like, this is a mission from God. We've been, or like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers say, like, we were like, we've, we've been, we've been asked and it, we were asked because it means we are supposed to do this. And we just, we went whole hog. Uh, it's like everything the band does, it's just like, we're going to go, we're going to go to like the, the extra end, extra farthest end of the universe we can to see what we can see. So, so yeah, it all came about just of, of uh, you know, timing and here at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And listening to Mrs. Henry's music, even the name, Mrs. Henry is a Bob Dylan basement tape song. The two, the band and Mrs. Henry almost seem intrinsically connected, definitely through the sound. And so why didn't you do this sooner even? Do you ever think about that maybe? Um, why didn't we do it sooner? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It just never, it never ever occurred to us to do to do it and um now having dabbled in all sorts of everything after it i don't think <laughs> I, I don't know we'd ever want to do it again um out of just the work and <clears throat> what it's been of such a effort to make the record of it happen um but you know it just wasn't something it just wasn't it wasn't on the mind to do it. I mean, we, I love the band. Our band loves the band. And I really, really connected with the band when we started Mrs. Henry, um, just out of that connection to, and the thing I admired the most about the band was just that everyone sang, everybody was, was of an equal, um, was at par with each other, musician wise, friend wise, the brotherhood of it. And, you know, I really got lucky in meeting Chad and, and Blake and Jody. And we absolutely when you know, and it took a second for us to come to really come together and, and meet each other. But the second we all played together, it was, wow, this is the band, um, at least in my own uh, initiative of starting the group and the inception. This is what I always wanted it to be. This is like I was like, wow, Mrs. Henry's become the dream band I always have wanted um, with the best keyboardist, uh, certainly the, the greatest singer I've ever known, which is Jody Bagley, um, that I've gotten to perform with. He's got the greatest. Well, he's the, just like the band says, Richard Manuel was, they, they saw him as a singer. I see Jody as, as the singer in the band. He's just the most, he's just an incredible voice. And um, so, you know, it just never, although we loved the band we were playing, it never crossed our minds to do the last waltz and then when we were asked to do it we were just like well we've got to do it it's like a notch in our belt that we now have you know we went from like you know we went from like green belt to blue belt i guess or black or we went from red red maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not there yet you know so <laughs> yeah you touched on the history of the band a little bit i i want to focus really and kind of get your perspective on the planning and preparation of an event like this and watching the documentary and listening to the record there's a ton of collaborations from musicians within your own community which is also really great what type of planning and preparation and how much work 
went into making sure this event went off without a hitch as well as it did? Well, you know, I mean, it took just the respect of the music and the nature of an event and shows. You know, we've been big on, on when we do shows and we have put on events in the past. Like, you know, is this is it, we'd ask ourselves, is this an event we'd want to go to? And if so, like, play with artists and people that we would want to be around that are going to, like, give us a run for our money. So, you know, when it came time to the nature of just, A, you know, one of the big things of the last waltz was a, they had a horn section. I mean, they had a huge horn section and string players and such. And um, I knew I was lucky enough. I first thought when we were asked to do this that I would have to make the arrangements of the charts. And luckily I quickly was able to ask the right person who's Jesse Adello, who I've known through working with him through Mrs. Henry. And he just happens to be the uh, leader and arranger of the Surefire Soul Ensemble, which was a group in town already that was a killer horn section that even just in that alone, I was like, and him bringing him on board, I was like, well, we can actually make this thing happen because He's going to take care of all the horns. I can take care of all the other stuff I got to do with arranging the whole concert, the flow, and finding guests. But bare minimum, we've got our horn section there, and this guy's going to arrange the horns, put this thing together, get a, 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 tube, a dude to play tuba who ended up playing sousaphone, which is the portable tuba that you wrap around your body. Um but, you know, I just, I had in mind the second, because I know that concert so well, I love it, I, I'm a huge fan of the band, so, you know, I kind of knew, well, okay, uh, who's going to do uh, Paul Butterfield? Well, I just don't want the dude who just wants to sing a blue, I want, like, a, I, it's got to be somebody who's, Paul Butterfield was one of the greatest harmonica players of our time, so I have to find, who do I know? And I knew immediately, I was like, my buddy Murph McCree, who I met the first day I moved back down to San Diego to really focus on this as every full time, 2012, we played a show with this dude who I, ne I never forgot because he was just this ripping harmonica player, hippie dude who wears no shoes. I don't think I've ever seen him wear a pair of shoes now. Um, since, and he just, it, he was playing a harmonica through Leslie. So I tracked him down and I finally got in contact with him like, three weeks before we actually did the show. And I was trying to find online Murph, M-U-R-P-H, and his, he spelled his name M-U-R-F. And I'm like, just in finding, <laughs> reconnecting and and um, and then getting him to be a part of it. I was just like, you know, I, I knew the roles. I knew and the people who, who I knew instinctively I had a real short list immediately. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy, Brian Barber and Russell Ramo, who did the blues, who did uh, Manish Boy and Caledonia. You know, we'd already done Caledonia and Manish Boy. I've been playing with them for years, and, and I just knew they would fit the part. My buddy Justin Rodriguez, who did Neil Young, um, I honestly, that was an uh, interesting task because I, I – in. I've been singing that song, Helpless, and I usually, I whenever I play out solo, I play every Neil Young song I can do because I love Neil Young. Oh, he's and, amazing, of course. And I thought, I, I thought, I thought, who am I going to find to do? I was, I, our goal was if 
if we can, they have to do it better. They have to do it better equal to how we're going to do it or else they're not doing it. And I was like, a lot of people asked me to do that song. And my buddy, Justin Rodriguez, who I play with the creature in the woods, he was about the only guy I knew who loved and maybe knew more about Neil Young or more about that music. He's just the biggest Graham Parsons, not just the biggest. Uh, him and I first connected on the band when he booked Mrs. Henry. He used to run a venue and immediately he was like, yeah, I booked you guys because uh, I love the band name. And he's like, Basement Tapes, right? He's like, it's from that. So immediately I knew he's the guy to do it because he gets it. We didn't want anyone to, to do this if they weren't going to go up there and be it and believe it and and sing that song like it was their own. Um, and that was literally like we made sure we said, no, there's no phones. There's no uh, there's no lyrics you come up there and you sing it and you do it. And that was, you know, that was kind of the tall order and everybody got it. After we did the first rehearsal um, for it with some of these people, everybody understood, whoa, these guys aren't messing around. They mean it. They, they're, they're, they are, they're, they want to do this for real. For all of it, you know, man, lucky that we know all these talented musicians and, and uh, out of the nature of our own band, everyone we know loves the band. And they're just, you know, everyone from the heavy, heavy psych stoner rock guys to the folk dude to the, you know, funk, you know, P-funk uh, enthusiasts. Everyone's like, yeah, the band, the band's the band. It's like, if you get it and you love it, and you're doing music, you probably love the band. Yeah, all meeting at a common place and goal with an event like this replicating the last waltz a specific moment in time a specific event that happened in the the mid 70s what's the thought process as far as replicating it the event versus kind of giving your own spin and imprint on the event Recently, for example, I was watch, listening to a podcast. And Gr Graham Parsons was saying, you know, you can't create, recreate Woodstock, basically. You can only reflect on it or maybe do something similar in your own way. What's the thought process, basically, on replicating it but kind of giving it Mrs. Henry and the greater San Diego music scene's own spin to it? Well... I mean, it's a weird thing because, you know, it was, <clears throat> you know, it's like even the, the initial idea I'm sure the belly up had was just like, we want to do a night that we can do each year and, and, you know, it'd be great to find a band that'd be down to do it. And for us, we were like, no, it was, it, we took it at such a level of sincerity and we really were like, how do we thread this line of tribute versus an homage really, or like a, like a, a really like a celebration. I mean, we we kind of did like a version of like method acting. We wanted to give everything we could to to the spirit of it. Like not play like the weight like our own sleepy version and the or like dude not to call every version. You know, I've, I feel like we we we'd seen like the the Warren Haynes version of the Last Waltz and not to rip on any of these guys, but seeing all these reenactments of the Last Waltz and stuff, and we told ourselves we never we don't feel like this gave any of this really gives justice to what it is. I'd had friends that went out and saw it and been like, 
you know, like Arthur Hudson is even really in this thing and he's alive. He's alive right now. He's in there. We're just like, we don't want to, we, the, the last Waltz record film has a, an influence because of the sound and the attitude and the vibe and everything of it. We don't want to dilute what that was. And we want to carry the spirit, whether that's the, the, the drugs involved of those bands or the time or the whole thing or the chemistry or the fact that this was the end of the rope or any of that. We just felt like we want to make sure that whatever we imprint down is going to make sure if anyone hears it, they take away the same influence of, whoa, those, those dudes were the best band I've ever heard. Or those guys, it was there. Everyone wanted to play with this band because they were the band. And for us, we really saw it as it, it was a celebration more than anything to like say like, hey, this is we want to give this a new life and just give this a spirit that is our spirit playing this music, playing these songs um, and just do, you know, I don't know, just it, it, celebrating in our fashion this music and really, I mean, what we've seen is, I mean, this was like a once for us. This was a once in a lifetime event for the band. It was a once in a lifetime event, and we are, you know, kind of even sticking on to that of like, you know, musically and the spirit and the energy of that night. We have friends of ours say, yeah, that was that was one of the best top one of the top shows of our lives, and it's still for us. We're just like, yep, yeah, special one. You know, there's a lot of great shows. We're going to keep having a lot more great shows and hopefully more triumphant evenings. But that one's going to go down in history for us. And I don't know. It, we didn't want to have it take this form of it's a tribute. We want it to be like, no, we're doing the last waltz for whatever that means. If you were there that night, you know, oh, yeah, they did it. We, it was it was a thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a really genuine and interesting approach to it. And you mentioned that you are looking at it as a one-off type of thing. Is that why, or from the start, is that originally why you decided to basically document the whole thing for a documentary? From the outset, you yeah. knew that this is something that we're going to give it everything we got and then that's it. And we're never going to do that again. Yeah. I mean, it actually, you know, in a lot of ways, it was just kind of second nature because we pretty much recorded document. You know, we have a very much like, a, since the band's inception, like a grateful dead approach of like, I have, there's, I have footage from either a camera in the back of the room or, or now advancing to the last live, the, the last, our new live record that comes out, in early 2020 um live with Kaz by having like a, a video team there to document it. like we've been documenting our shows as long as the band has existed like bringing a laptop setting up the fire studio or the pre-sonus uh recording making a total inconvenience but like we pull it off right at the last minute that all the channels are on then we press record we capture an entire night <laughs> yeah um, and so this was just like any other night, except like, and if we had known more like, oh, you know, we were like, okay, hopefully great. It'd be rad if like, you know, a hundred people show up or whatnot. It ended up being a sold out night, just like a 600 person venue. We were just like, well, we didn't see that coming. So, and no, and I don't think anybody really did. And so for us, it was a very much even like a really big leap of all of a sudden this thing that we did 
like we went from you know like just these shows and putting on events and stuff like that that have been great events and great shows so then like whoa we put this whole thing together and people showed up and the computer didn't crash in the recording and all cameras were failing all the stuff like literally a camera fried one of this dude the dude that was shooting a camera in front his camera fried like fried halfway through during further on up the road and like it was planned to record it film it but it wasn't that far deep of thinking we were going to do a documentary but then it just i knew let's do something with it it was more almost a, a thing of like wow okay let's do something with it and let's tell what's the point of this it's not really just to do a concert film to sell and do it it's like no let's tell a story the whole point of the band's music were stories like the song the wait it's a story um and we're like let's tell our story let's finally use all this documenting we've done over the last you know since 2012 so at this point now seven years of the band um because it was literally up until like probably two weeks before that we were still like finalizing the documentary this year so we're like let's use everything we've done over the last seven years of this and so yeah just was out of like let's do it we did it now let's do something with it um and yeah our next step is let's just let everyone see this that's really what we want most of anything is for everyone to see all this cool footage like all this cool footage of otai fest that our friends never got to see probably don't remember <laughs> so mrs henry released the live album of this last waltz performance back in august of 2019 yep. and you have another live record coming out uh early in 2020 uh where'd you record that and it's coming out on your label i'm assuming blind blind owl yep yep it's um it's going to be, uh, it's called Live at the Casbah, and it was recorded at the Casbah in San Diego. In San Diego, Diego yes. San Diego. It's like the Hallmark uh, classic uh, dirty venue um, <laughs> that everyone, everyone, every band since the late 80s has, has come through and, and um, wrecked havoc on. And uh, yeah, we recorded it for the 30th anniversary, actually, of the club. Um, which the whole month they were celebrating, like there was amazing bills every month, every night. And, uh, we played on the 30th of the 30th anniversary and, um, yeah, we had, a, you know, I don't want to not to toot our own horn, but we caught another really great set. Maybe not, a, uh, you know, maybe it's not as, <laughs> as rare as it is. We documented a lot. We, you know, we were like, you know, we had just had a show new year's eve we brought the the new year's playing and um it was quite a hellacious show of everything our our keyboardist his father had just passed away like literally two weeks ago but two weeks prior to that we thought we were gonna not play at all we didn't really know what was gonna happen um and we just had it kicked the year off with quite a quite a just catastrophe of a night of all pandemonium liquid light people on all sorts of drugs all sorts of confusion all sorts of emotions going around so uh we had this show at the casbah for the 30th anniversary and we really were like we're gonna come we're gonna just absolutely fucking destroy this venue and just 
absolutely give everything we've got on it and we got we got a good night the cameras worked rolled we learned enough from the last live thing we had done to make sure we got our camera people doing the right thing make sure their batteries are good make sure their cameras are good and uh i think we got a really it's an entire set of just that night and yeah I, i'm really proud of how it came out we really feel it's a great um you know a great record of what we do um as an original band um even playing a cover charles bradley's loving you baby that's one of the songs we always play every night and jody bagley sings that and um i think that version is a pretty uh pretty phenomenal one can't wait to hear the rest of it i believe you released a single from that record last week right all i can do yeah yeah the the opening track on it i want to play some tunes from the last waltz live record and also the latest single that'll be appearing on live at the cash bar but tell me a little bit about your label blind owl you got a lot of cool artists on the roster how'd you start that up and what's next for the label blind owl um well you know i started up Right around the time I started up, uh, this is Henry, um, Blind Owl, it's, you know, stem from the, oh, we got a band, we made a record, we need a label, I'm going to start a label, and it's snowballed since from there, and, you know, now I'm working with 10 artists on the label, and we um, had several releases this year, 2019, we put out the Last Waltz record, uh, we put out... Uh, the self-titled Drug Hunt EP, which um, I had a hand in producing, um, that they had asked me to come on and work with them. On uh, the other group I'm in, Creature in the Woods, we put out a record. Um, we published our first book, which has been something I never would have thought we'd publish a book, but it just kind of fell hand in hand with everything we were doing. It made sense, and you know, a lot of we've been having a lot of firsts. And I hope we keep having more first because I think it's a good thing of trying and going into the unknown and do something you've never done before. Um, And the label's been that, a lot of growth and constant growth and um, learning how to manage a business, conduct business as a business. And, you know, just as much as a band, it's learning process from booking the small dingy clubs to, you know, buying a van to touring up the west coast to flying out to new york do any other stuff it's been a learning process and the label's been that and um it's been a great way of of keeping myself busy and getting to work with um just incredibly talented musicians um so you know i i produce i you know i love to produce and um, i've gotten it an opportunity to produce artists that I'm not in a band with, which is really awesome because then I'm not just, I, I, I'm not the artist. I'm just able to work with the music um, in just the fashion that I hear it and see it. And, um, we've got a ton of new releases coming out in 2020 that I'm very excited about. Uh, and so yeah, yeah, sort of. It's it's everything, <laughs> everything, everywhere by everyone as much as we possibly can every second of every day. Cool, that uh, is very exciting, <laughs> man. That's awesome. The label is really great. <laughs> Last question before we play some of your tunes: 
looking back at the last waltz performance that you guys did basically about a little more than two years ago now what do you remember the most about it are there any specific moments that stand out to you now looking back two years into the future yeah yeah i mean um definitely one i was just actually recalling this moment with uh, my buddy jeff McElroy, who i'm on tour with and how rain was um when we did i shall be released there was just a moment i don't think i've ever felt before where you know i got I, I could you could the entire room was singing the song and the entire room was in tune and i was like wow this is like it's like maybe being in a church and i've just never been in that environment where i just got off the mic and you didn't even need a mic it's just the entire room was singing this song and everyone was in tune with one another it wasn't you could sing in any key you wanted. You could sing in any language you wanted with that song. But the entire room was in tune. And I had never heard that before in my life. And I thought, wow, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. Um, and, I mean, that was a moment. He remembers that, too. He was, he was like, yeah, he's like, I couldn't believe it. You could just, you anywhere you were, you were on a microphone. So I'd like to think the audience had that as well. Um, a very, something that's I find it's almost uncanny I believe was there was a member in the audience who was at the original Last Waltz concert and he came up he got to try he had some of the Thanksgiving dinner that was served and we brought him on stage and he sang on the stage and he's now been connected to the band he'll message us from time to time and we're just like wow what are the odds I mean I like to think that makes our version very special. I mean, maybe that happens more frequently at some of these last wall celebrations. You know, they happen around the uh, place to do it. My friends told me about the one in Ca at the Capitol Theater in, in New York. And, you know, obviously they're the one, the two and one, the Warren Hayes does. But I just thought, wow, that was really rad. We had a direct, like, tie in our concert to the original concert. So it's like a weird time traveling like line that's like, wow, we we did do it. We could we directly connected with with the past to the present with this one if you with the music alone, with this one human uh like, you know, time travel this event. And, and he told me he's got a photo, his son took a photo of him on the stage and he's got it up on the wall. We were like Wow, what a trip. So, yeah, those those are definitely that. Those are a couple moments. Yeah, that's really powerful for sure. Last question, I, I lied. Because <laughs> you mentioned that <laughs> they do have last waltzes in many different places. They actually have, I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. They had it here at a venue. Uh -huh. I've seen it performed at the bitter end in manhattan why do you think the event resonates with so many people and why do you think people are inclined to continue doing this performance like that what do you think <laughs> why do you think it has such a lasting impact well it's almost like it's almost like a play or it's like a you know i mean it's like annie you know like <laughs> like the play annie or like the nutcracker or babes and toilet or something like you know it's like it's like a show it's like a it embodies a time, a spirit, a culture, 
Um, you know, it's like why the Grateful Shred, you know, the Grateful Dead band, tribute band or or experience band, whatever you however one wants to take it. It's like people are going to want to hear this music, I think, as long as music can be played because the music is ultimately what, um, you know, it's the connecting thing that connected all of us that night connects. It's why you and I are talking about this and it can can immediately relate. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we took on doing this is we thought, wow, we get to be a part of something that you might not know Mrs. Henry, but you're going to know if there's a greater chance you might know the band and then we've got something to talk about, you know, Um, or not, (laughs) you know, but like, I feel like it's something that just, you know, it's maybe it's the power of music. It's the power of like, wow, this is something that people want to experience themselves. Um, you know, just it's like, you know, it's like hearing about the Colosseum or something like that, Rome, or like the Eiffel Tower. It's like, man, I want to experience that. You know, and I want to get that and understand what that's like and i mean i guess you could just go to vegas and see the little fake one but you know try like all the efforts you can all the efforts you can do to try and recreate and try and like just put those things into place like the right time i don't know the right time of season you know uh to something about the last waltz having it around thanksgiving Versus like, oh, we're going to do the last waltz in the middle of July. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like it. It's, it's around, you do it around Thanksgiving because that's, I don't know. It's why I, why I like to watch the last waltz in Thanksgiving. It's, I did it this year. The first time my girlfriend allowed me to watch it since we did this because she's heard the, the concert and had to deal with this concert for the last three years now. Yeah. <laughs> she's like... I can't do any more last one. <laughs> but it was, it, we both actually really loved watching it, though. She grew up watching it with her dad. Yeah, it's something people can really connect with. So let's play some of your tunes. We're going to play All I Can Do, the first single off of Mrs. Henry's forthcoming live LP, Live at the Cash Bar. Then we're going to play three songs from Mrs. Henry's. The Last Waltz, which was released this August. You can get both via Blind Owl. We're going to hear Night They Drove All Dixie Down up on Cripple Creek and down south in New Orleans. And we'll be back.
Uh, we'd like to get a couple more friends up here. Check, check. Hey, guys. What do you think? Is the band warmed up yet? Let's try that one more time. Are you having a good time out there? Drunkard's dream If I ever didn't see 
was Mr. Stephen O'Ray. Here's Will. Hi, everyone. Sounds like my tambourine solo. Went to Juilliard for that. All right. We're back. We heard All I Can Do. Night they drove Here. old Dixie down up on Cripple Creek and down south in New Orleans. Their first song will appear on Mrs. Henry's live album, Live at the Cash Bar, which is a complete performance of the band's set at the legendary San Diego venue for their very special 30th anniversary. And then, of course, the other three songs, part of the last waltz, Mrs. Henry's version of the last waltz, The album was released back in August. You can get both via Mrs. Henry's label, Blind Owl. Dan, thanks for sharing those songs with us. They all sound excellent. Thank you, Tom. Anytime. So now you picked some records from my record collection. We're going to play them and talk about them. First up, who'd you pick? Um, Big Star. Excellent choice. Um, Cool. Yeah, uh, The Ballad of El Gudo. Great song. I love Alex Chilton, yeah. Big Star, the precursor to like power pop. Yeah, I love this record. Um, huge fan of Big Star, and I need to see. I, I vaguely remember the documentary about them. I know they didn't have the they had a little bit of an ill-fated just career and and never quite hit this mold. Almost, you know, maybe have more fame now than they did when they were around. Yeah, um, definitely. What else did you select? Um, I've got Brian Eno. Uh, here come the warm jets. That's a you're you're killing it right now. This is all the best shit <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Needle, needle in the camel's eye. Yeah, it's a rad. It's, it's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got, um, I stuck with the bees, and then I got Bob Dylan, uh, Tombstone Blues. Yeah. Were you a Bob Dylan for, fan first before you really got into the band and discovered the band? Was that kind of a pathway for yeah. you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Bob Dylan um, absolutely is a huge influence. Um, definitely grew up listening to Bob Dylan. Knew the band, but Bob Dylan was like just, you know, I, I don't know, had... I grew up had like the be- one of the best ofs that had you know all all of the hits. One of these classic. It was like that the best of that. It, I don't know. It went right with like hot rocks. You know, like that best of the Stones. It just like I just remember so much from childhood and Bob Dylan's just been a huge influence. And the older I got, the more I dug in on his songwriting and his words, and you know have. Very um, strong, you know, strong memories of of, of some some of his records just hitting a time, just like being the soundtrack of that time for me. And uh, Highway sixty one revisited is absolutely one of you know one of those records amongst all of them. I feel like you get one of the records and then you just like that's the record you listen to for like six months and. 
it just between like new morning and blood on the tracks you know going through a breakup and blood on the tracks was like it every run i i, I like to go for runs and i'd put that one on listen to it for the whole run and you know ball my eyes out and just be like oh man he's hitting it on you know screaming you know just uh, all the words of it you know he's you know he's got it he definitely i feel like he hit he hit everything you need to say in music and uh yeah yeah definitely no counter arguments from me <laughs> i'm a huge fan as well so now we're gonna play those three artists big star brian Eno, bob dylan and we'll be back to wrap things up. Years ago, my heart was set to live. Oh, and I've been trying hard against unbelievable odds. It's so hard in times like now to hold on The guns they wait to be stuck by At my side is God And there ain't no one going to turn me around Ain't no one going to turn me around Tell you that they know the places where to send you, and it's easy to go. They'll sip you up and dress you down and stand you in a row, but you know you don't have to. You could just say no.
Pretty things on Vietnam, of course The city fathers, they're trying to endorse The reincarnation of Paul Revere's horse But the town has no need to be nervous The ghost of Belle Star, she hands down her wits To Jezebel and Nun, she violently knits A bald wig for Jack the Ripper Who sits at the head of the Chamber of Commerce Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen where the tombstone blues Bride in the penny arcade Screaming she moans I've just been made Then sends out for the doctor Who pulls down the shade And says my advice is to not Let the boys in Now the medicine man comes And he shuffles inside He walks with a swagger And he says to the bride Stop all this weeping Swallow your pride You will not die, it's not poison Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues After torturing a thief Looks up at his hero The commander-in-chief Saying, tell me, great hero But please make it brief Is there a hole for me to get sick in? The commander-in-chief answers him While chasing a fly Saying, death to all those Who would whimper and cry And dropping a barbell He points to the sky Saying, the sun's not yellow It's chicken Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues Philistines, his soldiers to save Puts jawbones on their tombstones And flatters their graves Puts the Pied Pipers in prison And fattens the slaves Then sends them out to the jungle Gypsy Davy with a blowtorch He burns out their camps With his faithful slave Pedro Behind him he tramps With a fantastic collection of stamps To win friends and influence his uncle Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in trouble with the tombstone blues Of innocent flesh on the bone Causes Galileo's math book to get thrown At Delilah who's sitting worthlessly alone But the tears on her cheeks are from laughter 
Star Brian Eno and Bob Dylan dance picks, great picks. Thank you for selecting them and speaking with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. So we're coming to the end of the program. What's up with Mrs. Henry for 2020? Blind Owl, give us a rundown. I know you're on tour right now. What's happening in the new year? Um, well, yeah, a whole lot happening in the new year 2020. You got um, as you mentioned before, the live album release for Mrs. Henry. Um, we've got like a bootleg, like a live, kind of like our own bootleg series from some past shows, um, kind of the pre- precursor to us doing the last waltz of these live at the poorhouse, these like three and a half hour shows we would do there. Um, we have live recordings from that that are coming out, planning on going up, uh, doing a West Coast tour in March um, that's coming together. Uh, up to Vancouver and back with Mrs. Henry um, and then kind of onward uh, getting back to uh, New York and East Coast in the summer. We were just out there for November and had an amazing time. Um, and uh, yeah, for Blind Owl, um, it's a whole bunch. We got releases from new artists, uh, Zulux, um, they're a group from LA that's going to be coming out January 31st. I'm really excited about. I have produced one of the EPs on it. It's a double EP vinyl. And uh, the other EP was produced by Carl Benson, uh, also known for his work with Grey Boy All Stars and, of course, Sax and the Rolling Stones. So that's a, it was a rad treat uh, having him involved on this. And, uh, have a new artist, Mike Pope, who's got two albums coming out at the same time that we're really excited about. This will be in May, and it's an electric group he has called The Ripening, and then his own stuff. Mike Pope's like a, pretty much like the local legend in San Diego um, that uh, I'm lucky that he has 
neglected to let anyone record him, um, but he gave me the honor of putting out his records. So we finally have his records coming out. And then a whole lot more. New record with Creature in the Woods, a record by Drug Hunt, their album release. Um, I have two solo records coming out. Um, Dude Cervantes. Damn, man. Busy. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, more, I'm sure, that I can't even think about. But, you know, oh, a full... full uh, um, new studio record with mrs henry that's been sitting in the vaults for actually three years it's a five or a three lp five-sided odyssey that uh we were recorded and finished before we did the last waltz concert and have waited to put it out so now it's coming out another three another three lp record very ambitious very exciting dan thanks so much for speaking with me today it was a pleasure. The documentary is excellent. So is the live record. Looking forward to hearing and seeing more great things from Mrs. Henry and Blind Owl in 2020. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Let's hear one more track. The song is called The River. It's a studio recording by Mrs. Henry, released in August of 2019. Enjoy, and I will see you next We went. 